and welcome to Greg and Katie's Epic Movie Collection, the podcast, where we review and discuss movies from our ever-growing collection. My name is Greg. And I'm Katie. Today we'll be covering the 1985 film, Back to the Future. For a quick intro about us, uh, we're a married couple, we met in film school, and both share a passion for movies. And uh, we also have each our own collection of movies, at least before we were married. And uh, when we moved in together, we married those together, and now it's a collection, I think, growing about 500 strong almost, right? Yeah, it's over 500 now. Over 500. We realized that we were spending way too much time searching around on Netflix and Hulu for what to watch, and so we decided to just start watching our movies that we already own in alphabetical order because... We hardly ever watched them. So if you want to see our one sentence reviews, you can look at our Instagram posts. I think they're on Katie's, but we actually have a new Instagram. Yeah. So you, it, you could just follow the hashtag Greg and Katie's Epic Movie Collection on Instagram and uh, you'll be able to see all of them. Perfect. So let's jump into our first podcast, Back to the Future. Steven Spielberg presents Back to the Future, a Robert Zemeckis film. Marty leads an ordinary life. No McFly ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. Well, history is going to change. And 1985 is not his year. But Dr. Brown is about to change all that. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? He's sending Marty 30 years back in time. It works! It's a flying saucer from outer space! Now, he's trapped in the past. This has got to be a dream. About to meet... Chocolate. ...his future father. He's a peeping tough. Wow! And he's making an impression on his mother. He's an absolute dream. And he can sleep in my room. And if you do, could have serious repercussions on future events. Now, he's got to make his mother and father fall in love. For crying out loud, I haven't even been born yet. And only Dr. Brown... <laughs> can help him get back to the future. Are you telling me that this sucker is nuclear? Precisely. Michael J. Fox. Whoa, this is heavy. Christopher Lloyd. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Back to the future. All right, so uh, we gave this movie another rewatch last night before doing the podcast. And uh, we decided to take some notes on some stuff. And uh, first off, I do want to note that this movie starts off super quiet. Like, yeah, no, no sound, no, no sound intro. whatsoever. Yeah, just a light ticking clock and then becomes more ticking clocks. A lot of ticking clocks. Also, it's kind of like it reminded me a lot of the intro to Pee Wee's Big Adventure, except for like everything going wrong. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. All the Rube Goldberg machines, like, Name a 90s movie that didn't have a Rube Goldberg machine that was a kid's movie. Like, I feel like there was so many. But everything is a hazard. The, there's, like, toast burning. There's, like, electrical, like, wires everywhere. Like He's a scientist. He's a kooky scientist. I don't know. And then, <laughs> on top of that, you see... Uh, I never even noticed it. We actually rewound it, didn't we, and paused it. There's a newspaper on the wall that says uh, it talks about doc brown's mansion that he had and it got well yeah because you see it later on in the movie yeah i know but it says that it got destroyed but then we never talk we never learn why how it got destroyed well he so it said it sold it they sold their 
he had to sell his mansion, which is why I didn't notice this every other time. But as Marty's leaving, like at the beginning of the movie, after he like tries to commit suicide via, uh, yeah, the speaker, via the speaker, the giant like full floor to ceiling sized yeah. speaker. He was moving so slow, like it was like a suicide note. Like this is it. I'm turning it up. This is the end. There's no way he was planning to rock out just the while wearing sunglasses. One cord. Just yeah. Really weird. But yeah, and then, so yeah, he does that, and then he leaves, and he's in a Burger King parking lot. Like, Doc Brown's, he kept the garage. He lost the house, but was able to keep the garage. Yeah. I don't <laughs> it's know. Funny. Also, the knobs. Like, how many knobs? Yeah. How many? A lot of gain. How many label machines do you think they had to go through? All the... <laughs> that was a whole department. Department of labeling. <laughs> the label... All the labels in the cars, too. The label department. Yeah. Uh, and then the town, um, learned a little bit about the history of how it was built. It was all a backlot. I think they said universal backlot filmed the fifties era first while everything was pristine and then totally trashed it and then made it the eighties. Oh, interesting. And, uh, yeah, that's how they, so they just filmed it in order. Uh, I did notice it was weird. It was kind of like a leave it to beaver vibe. But if it was filmed in Oakland, just like a lot of like all the people were like, leave it to Beaver people. But then everything else was like, oh, there's like Cupid's Love Shop. And uh, <laughs> at the movie theater, they're playing orgy American style for five dollars. Like it's it's a terrible town. There's no, none of these people would be here. But for some reason, everyone's here. Yeah, they all seemed like so happy. Yeah, no one seemed to notice that they were living in a shithole. I didn't even notice that, actually. I thought it was just yeah. like a... And then the only business that's booming? Aerobics. Oh, Everyone yeah. and their mom is at the aerobics yeah. class. All the other businesses are failing. <laughs> he rides his... He's like on his skateboard going from like car to car. And no one seems to like care that he's doing that. Yeah. And he goes by the aerobics class, waves to them, and everybody turns and waves back. Yeah. Like, is he like a Totally leave it to Beaver. Yeah, it's like, what is going on here? <laughs> what town is this? Yeah, that but, was weird. Yeah. Do you think, also, I was I was going to look this up, but I never did. Do you think that that was him skateboarding, really? Or I think you, he can skateboard. You don't think there was a stunt? He's Michael P. Keaton at the time. He could do it. Was he skateboarding in that show? I don't know. He's supposed to be a cool kid, I thought. Or he was supposed to be. I don't know. I'm not going to act like I watched Family Ties. But. He's probably not skateboarding anymore. <laughs> not my joke. I did not make that joke. <laughs> so then we like see him and his girlfriend, which is interesting. Like no context of how long they've been dating. Yeah, she's not even really a character in this movie. I mean, now that well, they make like... a big deal about her getting replaced, but it's like she's only in the scenes in the high school and she they don't really develop her character anyway she's just the girlfriend kind of i guess so yeah i guess you're right but like she like puts his arm puts her arm around him and then like three girls walk by and he turns around and checks them out like the meme photo she like she like makes a joke of it like i would be pissed if you did that like right next to me especially (laughs) if we were just dating at the time i'd be like oh well that guy's a douchebag this is the 80s the times were different 
Boys were boys. And then, yeah. And then she hands him a a note with her phone number on it, which we're supposed to believe he doesn't already have her phone number, which is like... I didn't... I didn't remember that part, actually. Yeah, he gives her his phone number and on it writes, I love you. Here's my phone number. Like... I'm just now giving you my phone number for the first time, and I already love you. If I were him, I would So maybe run. that's why she didn't react when he reacted to those girls. He's not tied down. They're not official yet. I don't know. Or something. That whole thing is weird. That whole... Yeah. And then later on, he shows it to Doc, or shows it to somebody. I think it was Doc. When he asks if he has a girlfriend or something, he shows him the note that says, I love you with her phone number. Yeah, I totally didn't make that up. I totally believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Just wrote this with your left hand or something. Yeah. Really weird. Um, then we see, like, his family. Yeah, this is... Um, family situation. Yeah, it's hard to describe what kind of a vibe their family has. I mean, obviously the his mom's dad's... mom's like an alcoholic. Bullied. Yeah, I mean, everything is sad, but nothing is too sad. Everything is kind of like the Hallmark sad, where it's just like, oh, everyone's kind of pouty. But like their house is pretty nice. They're in a decent neighborhood. I mean, they end up living in the same Little house. Class. In the, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the like, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, it's the same house they live in. It's just he's a successful writer, so it's yeah. not like the house that they're in is some ramshackle shack. Yeah. Or something like that. Like but, the brother yeah. works at like Burger Barn or something. Yeah, and then he doesn't explain what he he just does at the markets. He just, that that was a successful business person in the eighties. Like, what do they do? Like, they're I don't know. He wears a suit though. Yeah, it's just like, and he says the word markets a lot. So I think he's a successful person. And then his sister was essentially the same person, but I don't, I don't know, know what, what she his, did. She was like the the shoulder pads were intense. She could have been yeah the parachute jacket thing and then like the mom just comes in and like slaps down a sheet cake of (laughs) oh yeah for her brother who's supposed to get out of jail like that's what he wants is a sheet cake yeah okay well anyways we should move on probably yeah uh i know that we had other stuff to talk about um did you notice do you oh. want to talk to, about the mall part, or do you want to talk about something before then? The mall? About the Libyans. I know for sure oh, I wanted yeah. to talk about the Libyans. Yeah, the Libyans. <laughs> yeah. What? Why? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Wasn't the political climate in, like, 85 kind of, like... They were the... Uh, yeah, the, that was, like, the boogeyman of the time, But, maybe, like, or... no explanation whatsoever. Well, no, it, it, was, ex- it was explained. What? No, he's like, it's the Libyans, of course. And then they come out. With well, it's because their... he's the one he scammed. He was supposed to build them a, a nuclear bomb. He's like, and I just sent what? them a bunch of. Yeah. When did they talk about that? As he's like bringing out, right after he brings out the DeLorean. He's like, yeah, I, I scammed the Libyans. I was supposed to make them a bomb. So they got wow. me the plutonium. And then I just gave them like a bunch of robot Oh, because that was another question that I had is where do you buy plutonium? Where did he get that from? Yeah, so he, got, he, got, he, he stole it from them. He scammed it from the Libyans. Okay. Well, I... Yeah. Which I just noticed now. I mean, if you're going to go after somebody and you have an AK-47 and a grenade launcher, grenade launcher first. I mean, <laughs> who uses the AK-47 first and then switches the grenade launcher when you're at close range? Like, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. These guys weren't properly trained. And 
not Libyan. No way were either of those yeah. two guys Libyan. And they're in a in a Volkswagen bus yeah. with a with a sunroof. A hippie bus. Does that happen? Are, are there sunroofs? He's out. He's out the sunroof when he's shooting at him with the AK forty seven. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> so yeah, then Doc Brown dies, or we think he dies. I mean, he gets shot up. I, I feel like even if he had a bulletproof vest, his insides are jello. So. so this is the whole thing that sparks him to go back to the fu- back in time to the fifties. Well, because he's getting chased by the Libyans. Yeah, so he's like he has to go somewhere, so he goes back to the fifties and crashes. And crashes and uh, what? Oh, yeah. So question: He crashed. And then all of a sudden the car wouldn't work and it said low plutonium. And so the car wouldn't even go at all. So he had to push it behind that sign. But then later on he was able to drive the car around without plutonium. Yeah, I think the plutonium's only to get, it's only used to start up the time machine. So I think it still runs on gas, but the, but in order to go back in time, you still need. So was he just like. You need plutonium. Was, is the car just kind of like, it starts sometimes and sometimes it doesn't? Like, is that what we're supposed to believe? I guess. Okay. Well, he hit it the first time because he had to go in town and he went, did he go back for a reason? No, he went, they what just it, set it for 55, right? It was random? No, he wanted to set it for 55 because that was the day that he came up with the idea for the time machine. Okay, when, so that's when he right. Discovered yeah. time that's right. So he hit. I don't know why he. Well, I guess he didn't want to push the car all the way, and then he just went to go find Doc. That, that's right. He went to go. Yeah, find and then they went back and got it later. But then, like, even because they don't have the plutonium to go back in time, so they end up using the lightning. But yeah. in order to get it to there, they have to drive it. Yeah, and they're dri- seen driving it without mm-hmm. plutonium. So, anyways, whatever. I just was like. Yeah. confused about that i did learn an interesting fact actually about the lightning um i don't know if you saw but originally in the script it was supposed to be an atomic blast and the script called for marty to drive out to the middle of like the mojave desert or something and then somehow use an explosion from a what? nuclear test site yeah but the only reason it got cut was it was over budget they're like the special effects for this would have been a million dollars for that Clearly. scene alone yeah. So they had to retool it and then figured out, you know, let's just use lightning. Bolt lightning. Which is so... Which is a lot better. 1.21 gigawatts. A gigawatt is... What is a gigawatt? That was... I, for the long... Not until you mentioned it, I thought it was just a made-up term for this movie. I didn't research it. Well, I didn't, I didn't research it. I was just like, I didn't want to be stupid talking about it and be like, what is a gigawatt a real thing when it really is a real thing? And it's not a real thing, but it is a mispronunciation of gigawatt, which apparently Robert Zemeckis <laughs> and I think Steven Spielberg even too, they didn't correct it. They didn't know. They wrote the script thinking that that's how you pronounce gigawatt. That's amazing. And so the whole movie is... <laughs> They say gigawatt, and then they realize, but they had already made the whole movie, so they couldn't go back and change it. But, yeah, really wow. weird. So, yeah, and then also, just randomly when I looked that up, it said something about, like, 1.21 gigawatts is equivalent to, like, a million light bulbs or something, or, like, 12 million light bulbs. I forget what it was, but it was, like, 
a lot, which I feel like a bolt of lightning would not be. Yeah. Even close. <laughs> but, well, I mean, I don't know. How do you measure the light bulbs? The up of the light bulbs? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. But, and everyone, did you notice that everyone was wearing Nikes? I didn't. Yeah. Like first, I mean, Even obviously. Yeah. Obviously. What? Yeah. That was when I was like, what? Because, you know, Michael J. Fox obviously is wearing Nikes. It's like really famous in all the movies he's wearing Nikes. But then I saw Doc Brown's wearing like red Nikes. Interesting. I didn't know yeah. Doc Brown wore Nike. I didn't, I didn't notice there was a lot of there's a lot of product, product plac- placement names. Yeah. G E. There was Pepsi. a Zales a Zales really? sign on one of the bus stops. Yeah, in the eighties. I was like, that's weird. Huh. Yeah. A lot of very specific brands brought up in this movie. And in the second one too. Like the whole house scene. I mean we, we won't talk about it. But yeah, yeah, we can't talk about the second one. I don't so. even want I don't want to talk about the second one. <laughs> um so yeah and then he what he's looking for doc brown and then he ends up finding his mom unknowingly he gets hit by a car and ends yeah up- it turns out family of creepers here his dad is a peeping tom and oh, then yeah yeah his, he's <laughs> like father like son also checking out women while he's with like yeah. his potential girlfriend really but yeah, but then his mother is also has her quirks. She's what? got a whole misery fantasy. Well, yeah, he wakes up and he has no pants on. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah, no, because then then the mom comes up and she's like, "Hurry, quick, put on your pants." It's like, why did you take his pants off in the first place? That was weird. Fifties. This is, 50s. This is uh, some weird weird stuffs going on with those really families. Weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just not appropriate. Yeah. And then she's just like, just a stage nine clinger, like all, all over. Oh yeah. I don't understand why he couldn't just tell her no when she asked him to the dance. I want to say that there was a reason, but yeah, you're right. He could have just said no. Like he just tiptoes around it. Like, does he just like not want to keep, he wants to keep her close. Doesn't want her to distance from him. That way she, he could still communicate with her or something. I don't know. I I just, the whole time I was like, just say no, bro. Like, why do you gotta. Yeah. Why you gotta make it weird? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, I did some research on the top films of the year for 1985 and back to the future was the top box office gross no surprises there but uh just to read off the top 10 for that year uh rambo first blood part two was number two with 150 million sorry i should mention 210 box office gross for 1985 210 million 210 million and uh on Wikipedia, or according to Wikipedia, I think it's at 338 for total box office gross now. Which, I feel like it would be more if they put it back in theaters. I feel like people would... Yeah. Or at least for a larger lease. But, uh, sorry, and then let's keep going. Rocky three or Rocky four at number 3 with $127 million. The Color Purple, number 4, with $94 million, And actually won a lot of Academy Awards that year. Uh, same with Out of Africa. 87 million at number five. Cocoon at number six with 76 million. Oh, Cocoon came out the same weekend? Yep. Not same weekend. I, ha- I have to oh. look up the weekend, but 
Oh, this is just the year. This is just for the year. Oh, okay. okay. And then we don't have to mention the numbers for the rest, but Jewel of the Nile, Witness, The Goonies, and Spies Like Us. And I did read that the special effects supervisor was working on Back to the Future and The Goonies concurrently, along with another movie, too. Oh, Cocoon. He was working what? on three at once. Wow, so, he probably made yeah. a lot of money. Those yeah. are all hits. And then also in our research, I found out uh, Michael J. Fox. Uh, well, you have an interesting story about how that leads in. But uh, when he was shooting the movie, he was actually doing Family Ties at the same time oh, yeah. and was contractually obligated to keep doing that and put that first. So his days were, I think he said, wake up at nine, at 10, show up at the lot, do family ties from 10 to five, and then drive him over five to six to the lot and work from six to like two or three in the morning and then drive him home, just go to sleep and then start it all over again the next day. That's insane. I mean- And he was only like 21 or 20, no, he was older than that. I think he said 23, he was 23. Because he got Parkinson's in 91 and he was 29. So yeah. he would have been, what, 25? I don't know. I'm not yeah. good at math. Um, but yeah, it was interesting when I, I was looking at IMDb and I was scrolling through because I was like, are there any, you know, interesting people that are in this that are now in other things? And Eric Stoltz came up from Mask. What's he doing now? Uh, nothing. But... <laughs> <laughs> But he came up and I was like, Eric Stoltz, what the fuck? So I I go and I couldn't find... It said he was credited as Marty McFly. And so I was like, maybe he did the skateboarding scene. (laughs) (laughs) So I looked it up and apparently he was originally cast because... So they originally wanted uh, Michael J. Fox, but Michael J. Fox couldn't do it because he was also doing Family Ties at the same time. So they had like other people in mind, ended up landing on Eric Stoltz and, um, and they knew pretty much right away that he was not going to work out. Um, he wasn't funny. He like decided to play Marty McFly, like method. So he wouldn't respond to Eric. He only responded to, um, Marty around the set and stuff and like McFly, like it, and people like you're treating it like a sci-fi movie or something like this is serious stuff guys i'm traveling in time yeah like he is like the godfather like uh dramatic actor playing this role and so like uh, it just seems like he was kind of like people didn't like him like all the cast like there was like some books uh, put out later on and the cast like kind of rolled their eyes at him because he was like just hella extra um about the whole thing and then like also someone i read something about how he's like a pain in the ass to work with in general like on mask and stuff it was like the same thing like he'd only respond to rocky although he is really good in that movie but (laughs) but then so they knew like second weekend or something that he wasn't going to work out or even like a few days i don't know they knew pretty early on like okay this is not the guy that we want but then the producers or someone was like, all right, well, we can't get Michael J. Fox right now. Um, so you're just going to have to keep shooting with him, even though we know that we're going to have to reshoot all these scenes and fire this guy. So he unknowingly hmm. was okay. acting in this for five weeks before they let him go. Well, he got paid. Yeah, he did. But apparently he took it really hard, they said. Um, yeah. Especially with how big of a movie this became. Yeah, 
to be like, I was so close. I made five months of that movie. Yeah. I do yeah. kind of want to see his parts. Just to I see know. They what they're talking anywhere. about. They really? Te- apparently they teased it on the Blu-ray or something like that, but we don't have the Blu-ray. Also, I don't know if Might we want to talk about where we get the DVDs that we're talking about, but this one I got from a Blockbuster store that I worked at that closed. Still have the sticker. On still the has the Blockbuster sticker on it. And it still can... plays. Yeah. We have movies from our collection that we found that just won't, has one little nick and then oh, yeah. it's the end of it. Yeah. So, um, also just talking about actors, um, I personally love Crispin Glover a lot, but I didn't know that this movie actually, or it actually was the second one, but I feel like it's still relevant to talk about, um, that people kind of thought Crispin Glover was like, not the best person. I think it was kind of a similar situation. He was just like nerdy and kind of taking it to like being too intense about it. Um, Hmm. but he like didn't really like uh he apparently like didn't have a good time on this movie and he wasn't getting paid as much as his co-stars which well he michael j fox is a star at the time i mean yeah i know also, i know of chrisman glover but is he really that he's he's been in broadway and stuff okay so he's like from yeah. a different yeah kind of a different different, different crowd cloth. a little bit yeah yeah but he also like fought Zemeckis hard on the ending, like what which is want? weird as an actor. But like he really hated the ending being all about money, like how you know uh, money is like happiness in the end because now they're like successful That's and like true. how it equates to money. He wanted it to be more about love. And you were a freaking nerd. <laughs> Maybe if you didn't play it so freaking nerdy, and like your entries spying on people from the window like yeah well, you didn't argue that point like that was fine yeah just no, like that's just, okay yeah. <laughs> no yeah so he he like fought with him about it and they like didn't like him because he was like trying to be all like controversial and take control of it when you're just kind of like you're not even like i mean you're a supporting actor in yeah. the movie so then he was like i'm not gonna be in the second one fuck you guys and then they had to have him in the second one though so they cast um jeffrey weissman and dressed him in prosthetics that's not crispin glover in the second movie no they put him in prosthetics that made him look exactly like crispin glover shit yeah so that prompted him to he he um filed like for a a one million dollar lawsuit against Universal like for stealing using, his likeness yeah for stealing his likeness and Dang. um yeah and it sells out of court for seven hundred sixty thousand get him Crispin I yeah. mean jeez that but, is insane but the thing that was interesting is this movie or technically it's a second movie but that is Crispin Glover sparked the whole uh they changed the whole industry's future. So the Screen Actors Guild had to address a right of publicity, so which is like the ability of a performer to own their own physical appearance. But up until yeah. then, it wasn't like a thing. Up until his lawsuit. Wow. Yeah. So. Back to the Future too. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. Did you have any more like interesting facts about the movie? Uh, I I was interested in kind of learning a little bit more about Robert Zemeckis and his background. 
And so I did look up a couple things, uh, learned some interesting stuff. So he met uh, the writer, Bob Gale, at USC. And they, uh, so they had met there in college. And after Robert Zemeckis had won a USC Student Academy Award, was introduced to Steven Spielberg, which is a good friend to have in, at the time, I bet. And uh, he mentored him and produced his first two films, I Want to Hold Your Hand, which actually looks like something I'd want to watch but I've never heard of, and uh, it's called I Want to Hold Your Hand, about three or four girls from New Jersey who are huge Beatles fans and are trying to get to the Ed Sullivan show to see the Beatles live for the first time in the U.S. So at the time, it I don't think it made its budget back, so it was a, it was a financial flop, but critical success and actually a cult classic. If you look up the reviews now, there's a mm. lot of people who are really into that movie. Huh. And uh, especially if you're a Beatles fan, so I'm definitely check that out. I want to hold your hand by Robert Zemeckis, his first feature film debut. Uh, followed that up with used cars, which I'd never heard of. About a Kurt Russell as a used car salesman. Of course, uh, if you're a used car salesman movie uh, aficionado, that's one you'll have to check out. Uh, also a cult classic, uh, but also failed financially at the box office. But crit- not as big a critical success as I want to hold your hand. But um, people seem to enjoy it. Never heard of either one. And so Steven Spielberg, uh, went, or Robert Zemeckis had this idea with Bob uh, for a time travel movie. They just wanted to do Bob. time travel. Or Bob Gale. Oh, okay. Me and Bob are on, I first, thought, I thought, we're on a first name basis, me and Bob. I thought you were like changing Robert Zemeckis' name <laughs> no. to Bob oh, all yeah. of a sudden. That's very confusing. <laughs> nope. Bob Gale. Uh, so... Uh, after basically his first two films were financial flops, he, uh, he said, look, I want to make this Back to the Future movie that he had the idea for, but if I flop again, then I'll never be able to get another movie made. So he actually got hired by Michael Douglas to direct uh, Romancing the Stone, which ended up being a big success. And then after that, he was able to get all these financiers interested in um, his into the Back to the Future script. But uh, I also learned that they had originally written it for Columbia. And after they showed them the script, they were afraid that this movie wasn't raunchy enough. Because the biggest movies uh, at the time were like adult kind of comedies like Caddyshack, Animal House. Yeah. Like kind of in that vein. So they were like, you got to punch up the raunchiness. And so they're like, why don't we take it to Disney? They'll produce it. So the incest wasn't enough? That wasn't enough of a... They wanted more beer. There's not enough boobs in the movie. There's uh, no boobs. There aren't any boobs. No boobs. There's it's a, a family affair. Yeah. But Disney also turned it down because they didn't like the incest. They said it was too much. Too raunchy. Yeah. Which uh, I agree. Now, I mean, I didn't realize it at the time, but it is uh, an uncomfortable dynamic. If uh, <laughs> I mean, like, I think it's supposed to be funny. I think it's supposed to be like the gag. Like, ha, ha, ha. His mom's trying to come on to him, but... It's too much. The fact that she is in love with him makes it uncomfortable. Yeah. Oedipus. Way yeah. too Oedipus. She's like in love with him in like a misery way though. It's like a, I yeah. am obsessed with you. Yeah. Which, who wouldn't be <laughs> with, you know, 20s Michael J. Fox. Pretty cute. Um, I just, did you want to talk more about what, about the... The stuff with Columbia? 
what, so Columbia didn't take it. So how did Universal get a hold of it? Um, from what I understand, uh, actually, I don't know how it ended up at Universal. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, That's all right. Yeah. I'll have to cut that part out. Or at least <laughs> No one cares. Out. Yeah. <laughs> it ended up at Universal. It ended up eventually. at Universal somehow. But I just thought it was so funny how, uh, yeah, people didn't think it was, it needed to be raunchier for some reason. Yeah. Did you find it was weird that when they were at the Under the Sea dance, is that what it was called? Yeah. Um, the... He, like, gets up there, starts playing Johnny Be Good, and everybody's just, like, shocked and stuff. And then the the singer of the band is like, hey, Chuck, you got to hear this, is, like, calls his cousin Chuck, which I think he even says cousin so that we know. Yeah. Um, and then, They're very specific. <laughs> yeah. And then he holds the phone up to them. They're not even in, like, the chorus of the song or anything. They're just playing. It's, like, the, the instrumental part of Johnny Be Good. He's like, you got to listen to this. Holds it up. And then we're supposed to believe that that is how the existence of Chuck Berry's Johnny Be Good got put into the world. Yeah. I... I mean, it's a fun family movie. Yeah. I don't because if you really want to dive deep, it is a uh, yeah. There's a, a lot. It's of an things. appropriation of black culture. It's it's a slippery slope. So I mean, <laughs> it's it's not great if you overanalyze it. Yeah. Okay. Well, because it's a, it it heavily builds on stereotypes. I mean, if you don't want to, <laughs> there's the weed smoking scene out in the with the band. Oh yeah. Out in the parking lot. There's a lot of stereotypes. I mean, it's a 1985 movie. You gotta, you either forgive but it Goldie, or you don't. Goldie's running for mayor. Oh yeah, Goldie's running for mayor and then ruins the town. Like no, he's running for mayor. He hasn't gotten. He could change the town. Oh he okay. That's right. Yeah. For some reason, I thought he was the mayor of the crappy town. No, some white guy's the mayor, and nah. that's why it's crappy, probably. <laughs> <laughs> It's no, it's crap because they built the mall. The mall killed the town. Oh. It's a story about a mall killing the small oh. town, small businesses. What were you telling me? You were starting to tell me about the pines, about and the second one, something about the pines and how. Oh yeah, it's a. I mean, most people might have seen this one, or it's talked about a lot. If you look up, like, oh, facts you may have missed, but uh, when. Marty and uh, Doc first show up at the mall. It's called the Two Pines Mall, I believe. And uh, it's named after um, the landowner who lived in that same area before. And that's where Marty ends up uh, when he first time travels. And when he does, he ends up destroying... The farm? Yeah, his little farm. Okay. That farmer. So he Doc mentions him earlier and he says he's a like a crazy tree farm breeder or like a pine tree breeder. Okay, yeah. And so that. Marty ends up killing one of his two pines. So oh. uh, as he drives off, and then at the end of the movie, when he time travels back, it's called the One Pine Mall because oh. he had killed one of the trees with his spaceship alien car. Oh, yeah. I didn't even notice that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I guess that's all we have for this one. Uh, yeah. I had fun discussing yeah. the movie. Yeah, this Definitely. is cool. It's nice to be free form. So if you guys want to hear more, I think we're going to try and just do a couple of these for the ones that get the most likes. 
So uh, if there's one that you actually want to hear us talk about or dive deeper, like I try and do a little bit of the history, but it's mostly going to be just us kind of discussing and reacting to movies that we saw. Maybe we might mention something you haven't seen. Um, Katie, do you have anything you'd like to say? Um, I just started up a new Instagram before I was posting these all on my personal one. Um, but I started a new Instagram for the podcast. I'll be probably moving over our normal Instagram posts over to that one. Um, and that Instagram is Epic Movie Collection. So at Epic Movie Collection on Instagram. Smash that subscribe. Or what is it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't use Instagram. <laughs> Smash us. that follow button. Smash the follow. Um, and then also, again, you can um, follow our hashtag too if you don't want to follow us, which is fine. Um, and that is Greg and Katie's Epic Movie Collection on Instagram. And uh, I think that's about it. Awesome. Well, thanks Thank- for making it this far if you have. Yeah. Uh, I would have turned it off by now. But we'll see you guys <laughs> later. Yep. Yep.